It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to another week of the Shakespeare's Events and Catering podcast by Power Mizzou. I'm Gabe DeArmond, Mitchell Forty along here with me. And uh, before we get to the news of the day, which is Missouri briefly, weren't those 20 minutes where we thought Missouri had hired uh, Bobby Petrino glorious? I, I don't think we thought that at any it's point, fair. but but a lot of people did. It was kind of conjured out of thin air. So we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about those 20 minutes and uh, maybe give you a, a Big J journalism uh, lesson on the podcast. We're also going to talk with Mizzou Director of Athletics, Jim Sterk. Uh, that'll be coming up shortly, but first we do want to let you know about our new sponsor. That is, again, Shakespeare's Events and Catering. They have three restaurants in town. Like I, I feel like Mitchell gave you his testimonial long <laughs> enough to last quite a few weeks uh, last week. So, uh, look, they have good pizza. Hopefully you know that by now. But what they're doing now is they are doing events. They are doing catering. So you can get that pizza for large groups of people and large groups, according to Shakespeare's, qualify from anywhere from 25 people to 2,500 people. So, by the way, your estimate was off. There were more than 2,500 people. Shakespeare's could not have <laughs> catered the entire black and gold game last week. That's a shame. I still wish they would have. <laughs> but if they had pooled like eight Shakespeare's restaurants together, they could have uh, could have catered the entire spring game. But 25 to 2,500 people. They have private event space at any of their three restaurants for anywhere from 35 to 100 people. Most days that is free. If they're incredibly busy, which there are times Shakespeare's gets very busy, uh, then there might be a very small charge to get a room up there to get a private private event. But they will bring the pizza to you at your location. Google Shakespeare's. Go to Shakespeare's.com. If you skipped all of your high school English classes and you cannot spell <laughs> Shakespeare's, it is S-H-A-K-E-S-P-E-A-R-E-S. Dot com. Yeah, so, that's just like the playwright and poet. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, he seems to be pretty famous. Yeah, but most, most, mostly for his pizza-making abilities. I, I feel like there might not be much crossover between Shakespeare fans and the listeners to our podcast, but I feel like there is a great crossover between Shakespeare's fans yeah, and I, the listeners. I would say probably more people could name uh, like different types of pizza than could name Shakespeare plays, I, including me. Probably. Yeah, if, if if we had if we had a contest like name types of pizza, I, I feel like there are more types of pizza. Well, than yeah, if you get into the, if you get into the combinations, sure, sure. I'm I was just thinking like you know Shakespeare's has a few of their ones they actually have names for, like the pandas pepper that I mentioned last week. I, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yes, are you a, are you a uh, pineapple on pizza proponent? Um, that was very alliterative of you, first of all. Uh, no, not, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I don't go out of my way typically to add it. I don't know. I'm, it's, it's not my favorite. I, I, I am a big fan of the, uh, Hawaiian pizza, the, the pineapple and Canadian bacon, yeah. which I don't know how that became the Hawaiian pizza because <laughs> it's, it should be like the Southern Canadian yeah. pizza. Well, it's, it's pineapple. That's, that's <laughs> a tropical thing. <laughs> so, but why is the Hawaiian pizza not pineapple and pork? Or they po like pork yeah. over there. Some of that poi that they have, the like yeah. weird applesauce stuff. Yeah, I didn't have the. We went to Hawaii last year. I did not have the guts to try that. I tried poi. It's not great. It seems it's not terrible. awful, but it's it, it wasn't good. But if you like poi on your pizza, 
look, I can't cash any checks that Shakespeare or write any checks that Shakespeare's can't cash, but I don't know. Call him up, say, look, I'm having a luau. I want a poi <laughs> and pineapple pizza for 2,500 people. Like, I bet, the, I bet they'll do their best. You'll at least get the pineapple. I don't know if you'll get the poi. So yeah. go to their website, shakespeares.com. Check it out. Get your private event catered and uh, go from there. So thanks to Shakespeare's for sponsoring this podcast. And real quick, before we get to Jim Stark, we are going to. So Tyler Wilson, a former quarterback at Missouri, who now he's an Arkansas native. He went on a radio show in Arkansas and said that Bobby Petrino was coaching quarterbacks at Missouri. And then the radio show spent about a minute and a half patting itself on the back for breaking this news that Mm -hmm. somehow no one else had discovered. Um, except the only problem was that is in no way true. <laughs> yeah. Which is, is a small issue. hitch, but what did not discourage a, a few uh, listeners of the show from tweeting breaking news. This is happening, uh, yeah. without actually checking to see that it is indeed happening. So yeah, it was interesting. Uh, you know, we tend to find out about these things quickly through the message board. Yes. So it did not take long. Uh, but even in that time, there there are a few stories uh, written about it, and it was it was a little wild. It turns out that Bobby Petrino attended all of one spring practice, right, uh, and just kind of watched. And like so. I flat out asked verbatim, I asked Barry Odom after that practice, "So are you hiring Bobby Petrino?" Yeah, and that was a no, and it was always a no after that. They've never hired him. And look, lesson like we tell you guys all the time, we hear. Like, I bet you guys hear 25% of what we hear because we just have people all the time say, like, hey, I heard this at a party. Is this true? Or, like, I was downtown and, and I saw kind of something. Is is this true? And, like, we can't just go on and say, hey, somebody told me that Missouri hired Bobby Petrino. Right. Like, you have to actually investigate and find out if Missouri did hire Bobby Petrino or if Matty Mock did get arrested at a yeah. bar or if Quinn Snyder was <laughs> doing illicit drugs in his office. Like, I'm not making any of these up. These are all things we're told. One of the three actually ended up being true. Yeah. And you check that out and then you write a story that it happened. You don't just say, hey, I heard it happened. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're on the radio or, or on Twitter. You run a website or you're on Twitter, whatever. Then you can just do whatever the hell you want and say, nah, I'm just kidding, man. I was kind of wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing with, it, with this is it's not that hard to confirm. Like, right. certainly, it's, I mean, you know, it, it might be a little harder to, to confirm, like, an arrest or, you know, rumors like that. But this, like, I mean, it's either he's on staff and it's, like, has to have been finalized by right. the university. Like, he's going to be, you know, have a public contract like all the other assistants or he's not. Right. Uh, it, it was not hard to find out. It took me one text. Uh, it took you one conversation with Barry Odom. Like, it is not hard to, to verify. And the, the best thing actually ends up being the ones that people deny are true, mm-hmm. and then they end up being true, because yeah. then you can say, well, hey, they lied. And that's, like, everybody likes to write a story they lied to me. <laughs> you know, that's fun. But true. in this case, we have no inclination that Missouri is lying. Bobby Petrino is not on staff. Um we, we see their assistant coaches at every practice. He's yes. Not, he's not there. He's, he's not going to be on staff at Missouri. But, like, I did see somebody bring this up, and I even said it. Like, somebody's going to hire Bobby Petrino mm-hmm. eventually. Like, oh, Nick yeah. Saban could easily get away with hiring Bobby Petrino as an offensive analyst. Mm-hmm. I don't think Barry Odom in Missouri could get away with that right now. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously a, he's a good football coach. He's, he knows offense, all that. But I'm not sure. I don't know that he would want to. I mean, maybe, but um, like I, I don't know. I from what we've heard about Bobby Petrino, he's can be a bit of a you know like maybe not the easiest to get along with at, at he, times. He hasn't won um, a lot of humanitarian awards. Exactly. In his life. Yeah, and it, it clearly is going to bring uh, some you know some distractions, which we know football coaches hate. They hate anything that could be a distraction. So that like I don't know. It, it those are both those are things to consider. And and like you said, like you know for a coach like Barry Odom, I, I'm just not sure it's it's worth it or it's worth worth it for the school. Yeah, and so like just to to wrap this up, like the most common request I get is please share more rumors. Like, you know, please just like, we don't care if they end up being true. We just want to know what people are saying, but like, you can't do that. And when this is your job, you can't do that because then you end up looking bad. I mean, I learned it first. I learned it with the Matt painter thing. Mm -hmm. Like you don't just rely on, well, I don't know. This guy said it. So I guess it's true. Like you actually have to have it from somewhere that it's verified to be true. And so, That is how we choose to do business. Uh, if you choose not to, hey, congratulations on the clicks, I guess. <laughs> you know. All right, now we are going to talk to the man who, again, contrary to uh, some reports, did not hire Bobby Petrino on uh, Thursday morning. Uh, Jim Sturt, director of athletics, hires uh, or uh, talks to us now on the uh, on the PowerMizzou.com podcast. Jim, uh, first of all, thanks for taking some time today. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Well, thanks for the opportunity. It's always great to talk to you. So, like I joke to start, but seriously, how much has, how much does social media and just this ridiculous like rumor mill affect what you do on a daily basis? Having to just put out fires and things like that, things that just get put out there and and there's no basis in truth. Yeah, my training as a customs inspector and defending the border was good good uh, good work uh, to prepare me for the job but uh, maybe a firefighter would have been better but uh, <laughs> no i you know seriously uh, you know we have great people here that you know monitor if it if it gets to a certain point you know we might we might address it try to get the correct information out there but um, i i try not to to be consumed with that because i would just you know be doing that every every hour of the day you could be on social media so um there's a lot to do and 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 so we we try to monitor it and address it when when needed and along those lines like i i could be wrong maybe you have a twitter account that that you have under a fake name or something but so far as i know you're not on twitter like is that a conscious choice on your part it's a conscious choice not to post on Twitter, yes. But I do, um, I do monitor a little bit. Um, at, but obviously, our some of our other folks are on it more regularly than I do. Jim Mitchell Forty here. Uh, you know, obviously, the the kind of dominant story has been and and kind of continues to be the uh, Missouri's appeal of the NCAA Committee on Infractions decision. I think you all officially filed the appeal about three weeks ago, maybe a little less. It was sixty four pages. Um, can you just kind of for for people who maybe haven't been paying a ton of attention, can you just break down exactly the gist of what you all are arguing in that appeal? Oh. Great question, uh, Mitchell. It, and it it is 64 pages, and luckily we had you know a great group of, of uh, some some of them alums of attorneys that uh, that are alums and and uh, Mike Glazier and his partner that had worked on the North Carolina case, and then we added a, a couple others, but had a, another group of people, an advisory group, Ann Covington, Wally Bly, uh, 
Chris Cox in New York, and he has a, a firm that has worked on on some NCA cases. And so it was a really good group as far as putting together um, that information and 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 the appeal. And 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 basically, uh, the gist of it is is they um, they miss uh, how do I want to say it? They misclassified us as far as the the case and. And and then and then also we um, uh, the it didn't they didn't follow precedent and it's such an outlier the decision is such an outlier compared to cases that that academic cases uh, not even they were more egregious than ours and they they didn't have near the as severe a penalties as ours so um, we think we have they put together a great case and I I think uh, that I don't want to get into it too much. But I, I think it's it's really a, a compelling case. I get upset every time I read it and go through it and um, and and how they could come to the conclusions they did. But um, we think we have a, a great case moving forward. And we're waiting. I think next week, Wednesday or so, we should hear back on on the committee on infractions response to it. And then there's a. 15 day we go back with uh with a response and then the enforcement committee makes sure and that everything that everyone's saying is is correct and and then at some point in time this summer we'll probably have an in-person hearing but that's not scheduled yet well i like to think of those 64 pages just being the phrase make it right typed over and over and over single spaced um that is you guys have put that you put it on helmets at the spring game it is on everything you're sending out i mean this this is a uh this seems to be tell me if i'm wrong like a full out you know conscious effort a a full out assault with the with that kind of slogan being the uh being the backbone of this appeal well, one, it's, it's Gabe. It's really important. I, I think it's it's really important for Mizzou, but it's also really important for the membership of the NCA for them to make it right. Uh, otherwise, moving forward, I, I can't see a, a a great scenario as far as cooperation and and um, how to how they will process cases in the future because uh, it really is, is such an outlier. We received exemplary cooperation, and then uh, to not receive that, then then it, there is no incentive to cooperate, as as the chair of the the committee on infractions stated. So uh, I, I think it I, I think it really uh, um, is important for them to make it right, and and we're just trying to respectfully disagree. You kind of got into this uh, a little bit there, Jim, but one, one thing that you've really brought up a lot, uh, especially in your, your op-ed that was posted in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, was the chilling effect that this could have on other schools' cooperation in the future, seeing as, like you mentioned, Missouri did get cited for exemplary cooperation. Is that something that you've talked to kind of other athletic di- directors about, just kind of the, you know, how this that could affect cooperation with investigations and with uh, sanctions moving forward? Yes. And and we've we've also um, talked to folks at, at the NCA, and I think I think they understand that. And and the committee on infractions is not a staff-driven committee, so I mean it's not a there's not staff NCA staff members on that committee, and and so um, I think you know the NCA, I, not to put words in their mouth, but I think they're they need to to make it right as well for for the system to work and. If they don't, then then the system is is really uh, broken, 
And and I think then um, significant change needs to take place. Along those lines, Jim, and, and I want to be clear, I'm not asking you to comment on the situation that's going on at another school, but uh, along these lines of messages being sent, whether to cooperate or not, I mean, we've currently got in this league a basketball coach who is caught on a federal wiretap. It seems pretty unambiguous to most people, and now he is is back coaching. I mean, it seems to me schools are already saying, hey, you know what? We're we're not just gonna we're not gonna cooperate and put this all on a plate for for you. You're gonna have to come get us. I I, I don't know if you have any comments or can't even say anything in response to that, but but I wanted to offer you the chance. Probably best no comment. Yeah. Um. You know, part of this that I, I think you know you and, and a few other people in the athletic department have mentioned is, uh, you know, the, the one maybe positive thing is it's kind of mobilized the the fan base a little bit with the the make it right slogan and just kind of the the unity everyone was was kind of on one page uh after these sanctions came out and in, in expressing you know uh kind of disdain for them how have, has there been any you know kind of concrete uh way that you've seen um kind of the the fans mobilize or, or anything that you can point to to kind of show that uh that that's happened I, certainly uh Certainly, as far as uh, verbally and and support and and, and all any um, as as we go around the state, and I think also from the university overall, uh, from across the state with extension, and we have our ambassadors across the state in athletics that serve on it on extension councils that uh, they they're giving us that that feedback, but our our renewals that are, are at a higher percentage, and and uh, we've had with our students sign up for sports passes were 3000 ahead of, of last year. So I think there's some really positive momentum and, and I think the people of Missouri really um, believe in doing things the right way and, and to be treated fair. And, and I, I think it, it, it strikes a chord with the, the core values of, of the, the people of Missouri. And, and I, I just, you know, I, I believe that, and 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 I, I'm I'm glad that I'm in a state that that believes that as well, and so I, I think it's um, it's it's encouraging for us to have that kind of support out there. Uh, Jim, along those lines, you guys had I think it was estimated at, at eighteen thousand people at the spring game last last weekend. Uh, was were you guys happy with the turnout and with with how everything went surrounding that game? Yeah, I think it was a great showcase of our, our team. I think it was, uh, if it would have been a, the week before at 80 degrees, and um, it would we would have had, you know, 36,000. I think it probably would have doubled. It could have could have been a heck of a lot better, but I think uh, the weather forecast scared a few people away. But I think we, it turned out to be a great day, and um, I think showcased a, a very good football team that's, that's uh, going to be exciting to watch in the fall. You mentioned the renewals, saying they're up. As far as season ticket sales go and all that, where where are you at? Uh, you know, ballpark compared to where you've been. Um, we're we're ahead as far as renewals and things, but but we still have a a, a long ways to go, and that that's why our initiative is the eighteen thirty nine. But then we've also launched a a tiger stripes uh, a business community. It started start started in Columbia, but then it's it's going to be statewide as far as engaging businesses and their employees to 
to uh, to come to games, uh, specifically football, but then also it'll it'll allow folks to experience men's and women's basketball and all our Olympic sports as well. So excited about that initiative, and and we have some good momentum with that as well. Jim, you, you mentioned that uh, Tiger Stripes initiative. Uh, also kind of on the, the topic of football attendance, there was the initiative to kind of restructure um, prices for football tickets, uh, cutting prices for students, and, and keeping, I think it was 85% of, uh, of, of season tickets the same price or making them cheaper. You know, I know obviously, you know, this is a problem that the, the attendance thing is something that athletic departments around the country have, have pu- pulled a lot of uh, research and resources into. As you all kind of did that, what, what was the main takeaway and, you know, how, how do you feel like you're, you're kind of uh, the, these initiatives are, are going to be beneficial? Well, I, I think especially as we launch the, the South End Zone, we, we have more premium. And, and our premium is, has been this past year, I think it was 95% sold, sold out. So it, that, that part of the stadium is selling out, at, and those are the most expensive areas. And so what we felt like the, the, the price-sensitive areas, we, we lowered those areas so that people, it, to make it more affordable for the every, everyday person in, in Columbia and around the state could come to a game and, at, at a cheaper price. Um, and then those that, that want better seats and, and more amenities are willing to pay that, and, and that's the – the, the south end zone is a result of that. The east and west sides were, have been very successful as far as having fans at games. And, and so to create the, the bunker club and, and the club area in the south end zone and the, the general admission seating in there. So I think it, it's going to really round out the stadium and, and really make it an exciting place to be. The, the players already tell me it's a lot louder, after, especially after the – the South end zone was demolished and last year it was kind of a vacuum there. The sound went out of the stadium, but uh, just practices alone, they're, they're hearing themselves a lot better. And, and uh, I think it's going to create a great atmosphere for the games this fall. Uh, last thing on football and kind of that subject. I know you guys have, have been giving some tours of the South end zone recently to some people and uh, just We get questions all the time, like, where's it at? Is it going to be ready? So, like, are are you and Barry going to have to get get hammers and nails and and finish up? Is that thing on schedule, uh, ready to go for the season? Well, it'll be ready to go for the season. Um, Yeah, we're, you know, adjusting timelines. It was a heck of a cold winter, and and that impacted it, I think, uh, with and and some of the issues. But but I think overall it's it's really coming together, and it's – it's like an Amish house raising right now. There's 300, 300 people in there uh, working on a daily basis, and and uh, Mortensen, the the contractor, is really working hard to to uh, get it done, and it, it's it's really starting to take shape. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say, I I hope you don't have to get up there. We were at a practice last week, and there were a couple dudes. I mean, it was windy, and there were a couple guys up on the top row of that where they're putting a the video board. That. I don't know what you guys are paying those guys, but I hope it's a lot, man. That looks really scary. <laughs> Coach Odom told me about that. He said he saw one guy trip a little bit, and he was just took his breath away. His, his heart <laughs> went into his, his throat yeah, he, uh, because it is a long way up there. 
Yeah, it's it's some rather extreme uh, labors. Uh, you know, we we've obviously we talk a lot about you know the, the NCAA sanctions and and the the ticket sales and attendance and all that, but you know the actual uh, product on the field, the actual team this season, it, there's some pretty high expectations. I think you know most most preseason polls have Missouri in the twenty to twenty five range. What what do you feel like it, it just kind of says about the buy in of this group and the leadership that you know in in light of kind of the sanctions and you know bringing in. Uh, you know Kelly Bryant and Jonathan Nance that, that no one thus far has has opted to uh, opted to leave even though you know players with one season of eligibility left could very well have done so. Yeah, I, I think one you know we ended the regular season last year twenty third and I I think that the that team um, the the returners felt like they had left some uh, out on the field on the uh, on the competitive side and that that they can do better and so. They're they're certainly uh, aiming have high expectations, but obviously uh, when you bring in a talent like Kelly Kelly Bryant that that fits personally as well that that is engaging he's a team player um, and and getting um, uh, someone to lead that in that obviously a leadership role in the, as a quarterback is is really um, it, it was a match made in heaven and I I think he saw what we had here and that that we needed needed him and and that he could really help and i i think he's that that kind of person that really um wants to wants to improve himself but he wants also wants uh, to help help make us better and so i i'm really excited about it i i know barry is he's quite quiet about it but he i know i can tell he feels really good about the team that he has in the locker room few more minutes here with uh, Athletic Director Jim Sterk and kind of want to transition to uh, what's going on right now. And, and a couple months ago, we all all sat in a kind of a, a roundtable with you and the question was raised. So if baseball and softball look like maybe they're not going to make the postseason, can you go ahead and take that ban this year? And now all of a sudden your two uh, sports in the spring are, I, I don't know if it's overachieving or just achieving, but but both of those have, have gone much better than I think a lot of people expected. Yeah, isn't that fun? I mean, those guys, uh, Coach Beezer and Coach Anderson, are doing a great job of leading those sports, and they're they're obviously getting good pitching. You know, for for uh, Larissa to get a, a no hitter and in softball was against Oregon was a was a good one, and then obviously our ERA in in baseball has been really good, and and so they're they're playing great great baseball and softball and it's it's fun to see and now that the weather's getting a little bit warmer we can get more people out for uh actually baseball is moving along really well and softball um those seasons are are uh, it's coming to a close too quickly jim just kind of along those lines of uh kind of the the olympic non-revenue sports uh you know i know the athletic year is kind of coming to an end i think the, the athletic department just had their annual like roars celebration banquet event the other night just wanted to give you a chance to to kind of highlight uh some of the other you know sports and, and achievements maybe that that the the casual missouri fan doesn't know about and, and you feel like should i appreciate that yeah swimming for instance um 11th in the country on the men's side and and great performances our first SEC champion um, there and and, and in swimming and um, were were, uh, gymnastics finished 19th Uh, women's basketball made it the second round of the NCAA and getting getting Sophie um, into the WNBA draft is uh, the highest pick ever for a Mizzou kid is is really great they had their banquet last night and uh, indoor track 
they I think they had four All Americans uh, that qualified in during the indoor season and and outdoor is just kind of getting geared up. So a lot of a lot of great great things going on and um, oh and and yeah and 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 wrestling Brian who could who could forget <laughs> Mr. Brian Smith and um, being being uh, the the way that they finished and they're they're so the sixth in the country and and a lot of actually did they have four they had four all americans as yeah. well so yeah so just a lot of a lot of great performances individually and as teams so it, it it's fun to see uh it's it's people think it's a slow time for us it's really a busy time and and a lot going on but a, but also a, a fun time as well not to be the the downer or the bad guy here but i have been accused of that in the past so we we do have to ask you just is there any update you mentioned the swimming program on on what's going on with with Greg Rodenbaugh and and his potential future with that program? Yeah, I don't have an update on that, and and that that's a process that's out, outside of yeah, our office here, so I don't have a, an update. Uh, Jim, so uh, last moving on to uh, basketball, which we hadn't hadn't touched on, you know, a, a ton. Um, obviously. You know, Gabe touched on the the kind of the FBI investigation that's sweeping uh, the sport. Missouri has been largely immune of that, and and Conzo Martin kind of got the chance to talk at the Final Four uh, a couple weeks ago about about recruiting and about kind of his philosophy and whatnot. How how have you kind of seen you know him adapt or, or change, or if at all maybe what what he is uh, kind of held steady in that regard as kind of these changes sweep a lot of the uh, a lot of the country. The, the- great thing about Conzo Martin, he, he didn't have to change. And he, he's a person that, that has, has been that way, um, you know, from the start. And that's, that's why I hired a, a guy like him. We were looking for that kind of, uh, that kind of coach that, that can be successful, can compete at a high level, but he's going to, he's going to win it right. And he's going to do it the right way and not, not take shortcuts. And so I feel very good about the program and the leadership there and, I I I'm, I'm excited about that um moving forward with both both the the round ball sports. It, it just kind of occurred to me Jim one of the guys that that I know gave you a pretty solid recommendation on Conzo during the the process were were Dick and Tony Bennett who you worked with. I mean just uh just as a guy that you know how much did you enjoy seeing Tony finally kind of get that monkey off his back and, and win the national title this year? It was really it, it was really fun. I got choked up when you know the picture of Dick and Tony hugging you know at the after the game and and Dick talking about it and um, Tony and I text throughout the the tournament and obviously just uh, I told him you know I sent him the congrats after the game and and I said no need to respond because I know your phone's blowing up so um, but he but he did the next day but he he's just a really quality individual as everyone can see. You know, going from the adversity of of being the first number one seed to lose to a 16 last year, and then and then making it all the way and winning the the final four was just really a a great story this year. Last thing for me, Jim. Uh, I don't think we could you know talk about the this past uh, athletic year without mentioning Sophie Cunningham. I know you brought her up briefly, but she kind of concluded her uh, historic Missouri career, became the the all time leading scorer in program history. You know, I know you weren't here for her entire career. Um, I don't believe, but have you kind of seen a, a female athlete who, who has been able to kind of generate that much local support and have that much of an impact on a on a local fan base? Well, 
I, I saw it from the standpoint of, of uh, Carissa Schweitzer, you know, really elevating cross country with her six national titles and distance running. And, and um, you know, for me, I, I biked into Flat Branch and, and during the summer and saw a replay of the, of the cross country national championship being played on the SEC uh, and, and some people in there were cheering like it was like it was happening that day. <laughs> and uh, that, that had, had so she elevated the program. But but Sophie, uh, on a on a large, even a larger scale than that, um, she she really uh, helped el- help Robin, um, Robin elevate women's basketball to beyond a regional to a national level and, and put Mizzou basketball on a national stage, which I, I know Robin is really continuing to strive to do. And um, just have never um, enjoyed a season more than, than watching her. She enjoys playing. And I think that's why people enjoy watching her. They, you see the expression and the, the fun and, and she's having a great time, but just at the same time, just a highly skilled athlete that that I think you know she gets drafted and it, it's tough to make those teams but she makes everyone around her better I, she led our team in in assists and all and and so if people try to try to shut her down she makes someone else better and, and puts them in a position to be successful so I, I'm excited for her next step and the fun thing is is uh, she gets to come back here for home um, you know each time she gets a break and so excited to, to keep up with her and, and and watch her on the national scale in the WNBA. want to wrap up, Jim, with a very open-ended question, but when you're in charge of a whole department, part of your job obviously is shouting the, the successes from the mountaintops, but also is being able to identify where you need to get better. So just, again, real open-ended, I want to ask you, where do you feel like this athletic department is – what do you feel like its biggest strength is right now? And what do you feel like going forward, the biggest thing you have to work on or improve is? So I think biggest strength is, is the great people that we have here, both coaches and staff that are, that are really dedicated to helping provide one of the best student athlete experiences in the country. And, and, and then our, where we need to get better at and, and it's, it's, getting more people involved and we're in the toughest conference in, in America and, and we're sitting probably in, in support or in the uh, 33rd in the country or something like that. So we need to, to grow our base. We need to, and we have that opportunity with, with Mizzou being a land grant and we've, we've reached out and we have our ambassadors and Nick Joseph sending out a weekly update to all those ambassadors across the state. We need to uh, convert that, that interest into support on a, on a financial level. And, and so to compete with in the SEC, we're going to need to have uh, continue to modify and build new facilities and, and continue to grow the program. And so I'm excited about that challenge and I'm excited about the, um, you know, Mizzou in the, in the 2020s, because I think we haven't reached our peak yet. And, and uh, it made me aware la- last year when we had men's, women's basketball and football all go to postseason. And it, that was the first time since 1982 that that had happened. So we, we need to do that on a consistent basis. We want each of our programs to be in the top 25. And I think the people of Missouri want that to happen as well. And so to do that, we're going to need their ticket support. We're going to need their financial support and scholarships and, and our facility development. So, um, that that's um, 
you can tell I'm a little passionate about it, but I, <laughs> I, I love, love what I do. I'm, I'm excited about the future and I appreciate everyone's support. I, I feel like it would be an issue if the athletic director was not passionate about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd call me out on it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Jim, thanks for taking so much time and uh, good catching up with you. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Thanks, Jim. All right, Jim Sterk, the director of athletics at Missouri. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't think anything for people who maybe are on our site or who follow this every day, I don't think there's anything that's going to really shock them there. But maybe for the less, you know, avid fan day to day, like I think it's good to just kind of catch up and get a, a view of the department. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, kind of we're wrapping up the academic year and the, uh, the athletic year so to touch on a lot of different topics obviously you know the uh the appeals process is kind of the dominant storyline uh like you said probably not a lot of you know news there because it's an actively go- ongoing appeal he wasn't gonna obviously get delve too far into the specifics <laughs> but yeah i mean you know it's we we touched on a lot got it got a Got a lot of stuff, good stuff and there. The best thing that can happen for Jim Sterk over the next four months, especially when softball and baseball are done, is just like we don't read anything about anything. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he said he said it's not really a slow time right now, and and his job is never slow, like going out trying to fundraise and stuff. But as far as the teams that people follow every day, like the less you hear for the next three months, the better it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure if yeah you know, if he had his druthers, it would just be uh you know, sanctions overturned and that's it. No, right. no other headlines. Yeah. The NCAA just waves the whole process and says, we don't know what the hell we were doing. This yeah. is all gone. You're good to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, we think that's unlikely, but Probably. what did he say? But next week they ought to hear back from the NCAA and yeah. then they've and got then they 15, days. 15 days to respond. I think, and he said a hearing would, would likely come late summer. So I, I want to ask these people, like, do they deal with the Pony Express here? <laughs> like, why do they need 15 days to say, yeah, we got the appeal? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I've, I would not be surprised uh, when it comes to this this whole intercollegiate athletic system. are, are I taking mean, their letters. You know, you never know. <laughs> so, uh, again, Jim is very busy. Appreciate him taking the half hour out of the day to – uh, talk to us and uh, want to mention real quick again, Shakespeare's events and catering sponsors this podcast. They can cater your party, 25 people to 2,500 people. They will bring you phenomenal pizza. Um, it is, again, poi, if, if that's what you like. <laughs> Pepperoni is good. The the it, It's all good. It, like, is, get, but, it is good food. But get the pepper cheese on at yeah. least one of the pizzas. You will yeah. enjoy that. It will change your life. Um, maybe for the NFL draft, maybe you want to watch the NFL draft. I am, I, there are still some logistics to be worked out. As we talk today, I am planning to go to Nashville on Wednesday and to hopefully be able to catch up with Drew Locke and, and kind of bring you guys, I'm just going to be very transparent here. If, if I can't follow Drew Locke for a little bit or catch up with him, if I can't write a story that you guys can't see on NFL Network, I'm probably not going to Nashville. But if we're able to to hook something up where we can get a little bit more out of Drew and we can kind of take you down behind the scenes a little bit, uh, that is that is what we're trying to do over the next three days. So hopefully we will be down there. I've already talked to Emmanuel Hall, and and I am going to, assuming I make the trip, go watch draft day with him on Friday potentially into Saturday, but certainly I hope and Emmanuel hopes that, that that is on Friday. That would mean he was drafted in the second or third round. But uh, I feel like it's that. It's finishing baseball and softball, and then we're kind of like – 
Yeah. You know, we, we kind of text Sean Williams and go, hey, man, take over. We're just hanging out, playing yeah. golf and fishing. Yeah, for the most part, just recruiting stuff. We'll, we'll see uh, at some point the basketball roster should be somewhat finalized. Uh, deadline to declare for your attentions for the, NC- or the NBA draft is the 21st, I believe. That's right. Is that right? Yeah, 11.59 yeah. on Easter Sunday. Yeah. I am fully anticipating <laughs> that as I sit down to Easter brunch, Jonte Porter is declaring. Yeah, well, uh, I'll I'll save my resurrection it, Easter joke. Let, uh, <laughs> let's just plan to eat at different times on Sunday. That's probably best. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's uh you know something to still be resolved. Uh, the the basketball team will fill however many scholarships it needs to. The football team will add some players. Uh, in its and, recruiting class, and actually class added and, one while we were doing this podcast. Yes, yeah. Jay Macklin. Uh, from Kirkwood, wide receiver. I believe the nephew of Jeremy Macklin. Cousin. Cousin of Jeremy Cousin Macklin. Of Jeremy, okay, yeah. he committed. Um, I'll say this, I, and I hope that Jalen Knox does not give Jay Macklin number nine when Jay gets to campus. Not because it wouldn't be cool, but, man, the expectations that would have the number and the name on that jersey yeah. would be unfair to any kid. Yeah, it's certainly cool to, to you know, have another Macklin uh, for Missouri. Um, you know, I – I haven't really seen him play, but I understand, you know, he's a fine player, but I don't think anyone has, is billing him as Jeremy. Well, well, since, and like, let's be clear, this is no, that is not an insult right. to Jay Mack. Absolutely. Since, I think Jeremy's last year here was 08, and like every year afterwards, I will get at least one question. Who's the wide receiver on this team? Who's the next Jeremy Macklin? Like, Missouri didn't have one for 117 years, legitimately Nobody did the things Jeremy did for the first 117 years of this program. So to just assume there's another one, just it, it's not likely. Yeah, even if his name is Macklin. <laughs> exactly. But Jay Macklin is the third commitment. Uh, he joins Brady Cook and uh, Drake Heismeyer in the 2020 class. And, like, look, the biggest criticism of Barry Odom was none of these guys are from Missouri, and more specifically, none of these guys are from St. Louis. His first three commitments in this class are from St. Louis. I've said over and over, I think it's overblown. You just get players. It doesn't matter where they're from. But the PR battle, this is important for Missouri. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, after the – from two years ago, getting kind of one out of the quote-unquote Tiger 10, uh, that was that was definitely a big hit. Uh, so, so, you know, you – if you think uh, if you think there's two equal players, one from like Ohio and one from St. Louis, you take the one from St. Louis, you get them on board, and it's it's only going to help moving forward. Absolutely. So uh, that wraps it up for us. Again, thanks to Jim Sterk. Uh, once again, Shakespeare's Events and Catering. Check them out on the internet, Shakespeare's.com. Next week's podcast, like, I don't know. It will happen at some point. It, it largely depends on – whether I'm in Nashville, whether we do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, who knows. We'll get it done. Uh, we will talk to you next week, but thanks for listening.